Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis Reviews Podcast. Sorry for on Friday that I didn't upload an episode. I tried to do one on um, the town that dreads sundown, but it just didn't sound right to me, so I scrapped it. And then, of course, um, my fiance's parents and her brother came over and helped build the better deck, so or a new deck, I should say, that's better than the original one that was here. So today, I am talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was a 1974 American slasher film directed by Toby Hooper and written and co-produced by Hooper and Kim Heckle. It stars Marilyn Burns, Paul A. Pateran, Edwin Neal, Jim Sedown, and Gunnar Hansen. Um, it was based on supposedly based on true events, but it was really based on or inspired by the crimes of murderer Ed Gein. Its plot is largely fictional. Um, the text Chainsaw Massacre was banned in several countries and numerous theaters stopped showing the film in response to complaints about its violence. While it drew initially drew a mixed reception from critics, it was highly profitable grossing over $30 million at the domestic box office, equivalent to roughly over $150.8 or million as of 2019, selling over 16.5 million tickets in 1974. It has since gained a reputation as one of the best and most influ influential horror films. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre brief rundown is that there is... Sally Hardesty, her paraplegic brother Franklin, and their friends Jerry, Kirk, and Pam. They decide to go to visit the Hardesty's grandfather to investigate reports of vandalism and grave robbing. Afterwards, they decide to visit the old Hardstead family homestead. Along the way, they pick up a height hitchhiker who talks about his family who worked at the old slaughterhouse um, and this person borrows Franklin's pocket knife and then cuts himself um, then when all that's done he takes a picture of Franklin and then demands money well then when they refuse to pay he burns the photo and then slashes Franklin's left arm with a straight razor um, the group then forces the hitchhiker out of the van and then drive on. Um, they later stop at a gas station to refuel the vehicle, but are told that the uh, pumps are empty. Um, with that, they end up going to the homestead, and um, that's when all the stuff starts. And then uh, what happens from there is that uh, Kirk and, hold on one second. No. Yeah, I think it was Kirk and Pam decide to go to, um, a local watering hole, but they stumble, a upon a nearby house and uh, um, Kirk goes in there to see if they can borrow gas because they hear a generator. 
well, once he goes in the house, um, Leatherface is waiting for him. So he, uh, Kirk gets killed by Leatherface. Um, Pam later gets killed by Leatherface, but she's strung up on a meat hook. Um, Kirk gets killed by taking two blows from a sledgehammer. Um, later on the film, Jerry goes to look for him, but he gets killed once he finds um, Pam's body in a freezer. He gets killed, and then Leatherface um, Lem illuminates, I think is the word for it, on how many other people are out there and all that. And Sally and her brother, Franklin, decide to go looking for uh, Kirk, Jerry, and Pam and run into Leatherface, who kills Franklin. And Sally runs off. She um, she runs towards the house but finds you know, the remains of an elderly couple upstairs. Um, she jumps through a second-story window and then flees to the gas station um, where the proprietor says, yeah, yeah, I'll help you, I'll help you, don't worry about it. Um, he, but he ends up tying her up, ties her up, gags her and forces her into the truck. Um, and then when they drive to the house, they find the hitchhiker who is now revealed as Leatherface's brother. Um, the hitchhiker recognizes Sally in concert. Um, they later torture her or like torment her um, during the dinner scene. And when they bring the grandpa down, um, they, th they think that grandpa should be the one that kills Sally. Well, then. Um, when this scene happens, um, he tries to hit her with a hammer, but is too weak. So then he keeps dropping the hammer, and every uh, the hitchhiker and is like, "Hey, let me do it. I can do it. I'll kill her. Whatever. Blah blah blah." Um, but in that ensuing struggle, she gets uh, Sally gets free, leaps through a window, and flees to the road. Uh, Leatherface and the hitchhiker give chase, but. The hitchhikers later run over by a passing truck. Um, Leatherface attacks the truck with his chainsaw. Um, and when the driver stops to help, he ends up later knocking down Leatherface with a pipe wrench. And it cuts Leatherface's leg. Um, driver ends up running away. But Sally ends up escaping in the back of a passing pickup while Leatherface flails his chainsaw in the air in anger and defeat. Um, that's a brief synopsis of the film. I really think that people who haven't seen the film should see it. It's It was made back in 1974, so it's before, you know, um, Halloween, before Friday 13th, before, you know. So Tex Chainsaw Massacre could literally the claim to they were one of the first slasher films um they could hold the claim to it i i think they could and i think they'd probably be credited as such but other than that 
there's other things that they could have held, you know, a claim to, but what really made this movie great is that, you know, you have a female heroine that's, I think I said that right, word right, heroine heroine or however you say the word but a final girl how about let's go that that has to face these odds and you know when just when you think that she's not going to survive she ends up surviving and getting away um this wasn't the only movie in the franchise there's been many other ones but this one in my opinion is the best there's people that nowadays that will claim that, you know, the remakes were the best. Teach their own, you know. Uh, I honestly believe that this one was the best in the whole series. Who knows with the newest one that's supposedly supposed to be coming out, I think, what, a couple, maybe this year or next year, maybe, possibly? Who knows? Um, maybe that one does it. I know that now with the advent of what Halloween 2018 did, a lot of the old slashers are coming back, except for, like, Friday, and which is in legal crap right now, wranglings, let's be honest, and um, Nightmare, which I'm surprised that, you know, um, I'm surprised with the, with what happened with Halloween 2018 most of the hate that I got from the non-believers in the franchise. Um, I'm surprised that they're even, that the horror genre is coming back, you know. Um, I know Scream 5, I think it is, is coming back. Um, there's also, like I said, Leatherface, whenever that's going to come out. Um, so... Who knows what the horror genre is going to be like. I know Halloween, I can't wait to... I can't... Well, you know, I can't wait to see the new Scream movie either. It, it could be really good. Or, who knows, it might be bad, but then you still have Halloween to fall back on. Um, but anyway, back to Text Chainsaw Massacre. I honestly want to rank this movie, and people probably think this is a high rank for me, but... I'm going to rank it at 8 out of 9. Or, no, 8 out of 10. Let's go there. Because of just how wonderful it's put. You know, it could have been a... Which I'm sure after a while it made its way around the drive-in circuit and all that. It probably still does where drive-ins are. You know? And that's not a bad thing. It's a cult classic movie. It's a movie that probably at, at the beginning of its life cycle was like, oh, well, you know, there's violence against women. There's what is this movie about? It's violent, 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 violent. Which back in them days, you got to realize if it wasn't a Hitchcock movie or a Hammer horror film, then it was looked at as too violent. Um, and Psycho and Hammer horror movies like Dracula films, they were very violent. 
not violent like what we have today, but they were still in that day and age taboo. Later, you'd get like the gore films in like the 60s and 70s, possibly even the 80s. I don't know. I don't really watch that crap. But I think with what I'm trying to say is this movie was ahead of its time back in that era. Um, you didn't see a lot of stuff like you did in this movie yet. You would later see it in other horror movies after this one. And granted, there was some relatively low core or softcore, to use a pornography term, softcore horror movies like the Hammer films and all that, which you'd see the blood, but I mean, it wasn't as bad as what we have now with like the Saw franchise and all that. Um, so there's that. Um, but yeah, to me, this movie deserves a high ranking. I honestly do believe that because, like I say, it's a great film. I don't really see any errors in the movie. I think it was wonderfully put together and edited for its, and I'm like I say, for its time. Nowadays, if they tried to make a movie like this the way they made it, I don't think it would do good. I don't think a vanilla movie, and vanilla by what I mean by vanilla movie is a tame horror movie, like what we had back in like the 70s and the 60s and even earlier than that. Because the audience nowadays wants more. They don't want the, oh, well, you know, we know she's going to die, but then when they go to kill her or kill a person, whatever you want to say in a movie, when they go to kill the person in the movie, they cut away from it. They don't want that. They want to see. And that's why I think people like Rob Zombie get their due sometimes in making movies and that they're going to, they want to keep those bloodthirsty animals fans in gear. You know, they want them to see it. You know, they want to hear the bone break. And for me, I, I really don't care. But people nowadays are a different audience than what it was back then. Granted, I don't think Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be scary nowadays. To be honest with you, I think back in the day it was really scary. I remember being like 10 when I saw it, I think. And I know if Jamie Lee Curtis ever hears this, she'll probably say my parents were horrible people. But they weren't. They told us about what was going on in the world. They showed us what the true world's about. And I never took these movies serious. I mean, come on. Honestly, you think cops wouldn't, you know, check the place out? I mean, yeah, back in the 70s, who knows, but still. Um, but yeah, I think it's deserving of the high ranking. I'm sure a lot of people would be like, Jesus, Stephen, what are you smoking? And trust me, it's not anything right now. Um, this movie is... Like I said, it's a classic, and, and it deserves a high ranking, in my opinion. Like I said, all these reviews I do are my opinion. They're not anything that someone should take for granted, but if you haven't seen this movie, go and see it.
I wish video stores were around so that people could rent it, because that's what I used to do. I used to rent horror movies and all that. Heck, I remember being at a video store and the newest Friday 13th or whatever would come out, or Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever would come out. And I would go there, and if it wasn't there, I would literally wait. And only one time did I get screwed in that waiting process because I had to go to the bathroom. I had already paid for the movie. It was sitting on the counter while someone came in, snad saw it, probably wanted to see it, and said, well, there's no cameras that I see, so then they took it and... Thank God I was able to prove that, you know, that I didn't steal it, because why would I? I mean, it wasn't that hard to rent a movie back in the day. It was a, trust me, it was a bitch to, to wait for that movie to come back. But other than that, it, I loved going to a video store and renting a game or renting a movie or whatever. The, it, it, I'll say this about kids nowadays will never, ever have that feeling. They'll never have those feelings of being able to walk into a video store and see a utopia of movies that, you know, now you got Netflix, which is what it is. You got Hulu. You got all these different streaming platforms. But to me, you don't get that experience with that. With what? We have now. Um, but anyway, before I get off more topic. Oh, also, if you ever seen the last Black bu Blackbuster, sorry about that. Blockbuster talking today is just out of the question. But anyway, if you've seen the la last Blockbuster um, documentary on Netflix, this is actually something I didn't know. They almost were able to buy Netflix, but they turned it down. The person in charge of Blockbuster at the time said no. So there's that food for thought. But overall, like I said, ranking 8 out of 10, or if you want me to go from 1 to 5, I'd say it's a 3 or a 4. Um, it's a great movie. Wonderfully built the drama, the storyline, it works. Um, yeah, I think that's my review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Friday, this coming Friday, I may or may not post one. Um, just depends on what this week's going to be like. I know it's going to be warm. Um, so there's that. But if I do... A review on this Friday, it'll be on Night of the Living Dead, because that movie, uh, the original, the original, not all the remakes and other crap that's out there based on Night of the Living Dead. Um, well, I shouldn't say crap, because, I mean, you have Return of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Return, all that. So I, I'm just going to say the crappy other attempts at redoing Night of Living Dead, except for, like I say, the remake of the one in color in like 19, in the 90s, I think it was with, uh, 
a Candyman actor in there. I can't really remember his name, but I remember I think he was from Candyman. But anyway, that will do it for me today. Thank you all for the amazing support. We're on the road to 300 plays on this podcast, so hopefully we get there. I believe in you guys. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you from for the support. I can't thank you all enough. But this is Stephen Jarvis signing off.